sister. She's really successful. She's a lieutenant in the Navy. She works for the Secretary of Defense at the Pentagon. And I? Well, one time I didn't put sheets on my bed for five months. <laughs> it's a changing world. When women joined the workforce, mailman became mail carrier. Fireman became firefighter. Anti-vaxxer became mommy blogger. Your dick plays football. My dick plays soccer. <laughs> And then suddenly was, I don't know what happened, there was a gut. And he goes, honey, did you, um, did you get shot? I pay my taxes, I change my oil, I know that when I have a glow stick crown, I need to stick it in the freezer for it to keep, okay? So you're, you're like, I'm a responsible adult, I got this. Hello, handsomes, and welcome to Personally Speaking. Yes, we've been gone for a while, but for those of you who are new here, welcome. And for those who are not, welcome back. Really good to be back, guys. I'm your host, Christiana Morganroth, and boy, do we have a show for you this month. We've got no less than five extremely talented comics and storytellers. This month, we'll be hearing from Deirdre Devlin, a writer on Robot Chicken, Kaylee Quick, Ify Mwadiwe, Virginia Jones... And, oh, one comic who was redacted. Guys, you got to go to the live show to see that. You can find us just about every month at the open space on Fairfax in, yes, West Hollywood, Los Angeles. Hope to see you guys soon. We'll get right into the show, but please know I worked so hard on new material this month, and I'm really excited for you guys to hear it. Really happy to be back. Speak soon. Thank you. Oh, it is good to be back. Friends, lovers, potential lovers, how we doing? Excellent, excellent. Put your hands together if you have never been to this show before. Yes, excellent. A couple few of you, excellent. Put your hands together if you were recently fired by Donald Trump. Okay, it's just Rex. He knows. Put your hands together if you're fucking gay. That is not a pejorative. This crowd is largely queer. Um, Put your hands together if you have been to this show before. Give it up for yourselves. Yes. Let's get this party started, y'all. I don't know. uh, The weather's feeling a little weird lately. People say that... People love to say, L.A. doesn't have seasons. L.A. doesn't have seasons. Uh, L.A. does have seasons. Pilot season. Oscar season, cuffing season. Uh, we, we won't get into cuffing season. Just look it up. Um, um, so this year's Oscars were actually pretty freaking wild. Kind of a changing world. Um, anybody else's stepdad make a weird and off-color joke about Get Out this year? Anybody? Uh, no, just Greg. <laughs> Just Greg. That one was real weird. I was uncomfortable. Uh, and I, so I did the right thing, which was make a face to myself and stare. Uh, uh, people worry about turning into their mom. My mom's amazing. It seems much better than turning into a stepdad. Turning into a stepdad doesn't feel like the right 
the right path. It seems like the logical end of that is to make weird off-color jokes at Oscar parties. Uh, Jordan Peele actually said, he said this, it's like, it, it makes me extremely happy that he won um, because he deeply deserved it. He said that he had actually stopped writing Get Out 20 times because it felt impossible, which is exactly how I feel about trying to get up to go to work in the morning. Um, I don't like it. Um, that joke hits very close to home. I keep waking up at the exact moment. That was good. That was my stomach. Uh, I, was, I keep waking up at the exact moment I'm supposed to leave the house, um, and then I realize I've actually just set my alarm and unset my alarm 14 times um, and just woken up and just scream. And then I just put something, I just throw something in my hair. There's like birds in a comb and then I leave. Uh, Arriving disheveled and my boss is mad at me. So nice thing about the Oscars. uh, I didn't think it was cool at first, but we've expanded the Best Picture nominees to 10 now. Uh, I was very mad at it at first for no reason other than I dislike change. Um even as a weirdo liberal. Uh, not, not really excited about change. And then I thought, you know what, actually this is kind of dope because now stuff like Get Out and Lady Bird and Call Me By Your Name can all lose for Best Picture, which is dope. Um, I was so excited about that. Uh, the one thing, though, one thing that they, they keep doing at the Oscars uh, that I really wish, I wish at least we could, we could change them. Every year they do the In Memoriam, And just once, and this year would have been the best year for it, just once, I want them to slip in, like, a few names of people who are just dead to us. (laughs) Like, oh, so sad, Tom Petty's dead, oh, oh, so sad, that editor everybody loves is dead, oh, so sad, Harvey Weinstein is dead, oh, rest in peace, Kevin Spacey. Oh, oh, so sad. My ex-boyfriend's dead. (laughs) Just once, guys. That's all I ask. Um, (laughs) uh, They haven't yet introduced any new categories in a while. Uh, Would love to see. Like, we've got got Best Actor. Um, I feel like it'd be a lot harder if we had, like, Best Actor Who Hasn't Beaten Their Wife. Would be tight. (laughs) Would love that. Best Actress. Over 40 who's casually dating a basketball player. Laura Dern, get it! Oh, those pictures give me the tinglies. Ooh, I like it. Best foreign film to make out to. There's a lot of them. There's a lot of them. Uh, If you guys have never been to this show before, you are in for a gosh darn treat. We've got several performers tonight. Who knows whether or not they're all going to make it. Um, I don't know if you guys know, but... If there's ever even, like, a hint of fog in Los Angeles, we just all become unable to do anything. Uh, like, oh, you all are just like, hey, I'm so sorry. Um, I can't come into work. No one holds a phone like this anymore. They're iPhones. Hey, I'm so sorry. I can't come into work. It's raining. I have to stare out the window and listen to Elliot Smith 40 times. <laughs> so sorry. Um, good luck. And then... Um, For those of you, like I said, who haven't been here before, you're in for a real treat. We've got a lot of people who are going to share their pain and make it funny um, because that is their learned defense mechanism and they are going to make it beautiful for you. So there are a couple of house rules, very simple, easy to follow. First being that uh, don't talk too long, don't talk too short, okay? Uh, You've got up to 10 minutes. Every single person who comes up here has got up to 10 minutes 
no less than five, to earn your trust and your admiration. This is their time. It's not your time. If you want your time, message me on Facebook. I'll probably give it to you. Um, I'm magnanimous, some might say. Magnanimous. Uh, Second rule, second rule. Easy one, but my favorite one. Uh, All of the people who get up here, a few of them are going to tell stories. And the one rule of storytelling here is that it has to be true, but only to the best of their perspective. (laughs) Their heroes are going to be your heroes. Their villains are going to be your villains. We're going to trust. We're going to trust. History was written by the hotties. Let's be clear. Ooh, it simmered. I like that. Uh, final rule. Uh, this one's super simple. This one, I don't know why you'd be here if this, if this wasn't even on the list, but uh, final, final rule, third final rule, make us laugh. I will maintain that one of the funniest stories told on this show was my best friend trying to kill herself because she tried to drown herself in a bathtub, but there wasn't really enough water and she was too tiny. To this day, it's one of the better stories. Uh, You really had to be there, but if you weren't, uh, if you weren't, it's in podcast form. We do record this show. So um, feel free to say whatever you want. If you get up on stage, you're like, oh, it's a podcast. I don't want people to say whatever you want. Um, We can always edit it later. Um, I might not if it's really good, but we always can. It's a possibility. Are you guys ready for your first? Some of you for your first, personally speaking. Are you ready for your first comic, storyteller, sketch writer? Put your hands together, bringing to the stage, robot chicken writer, Deirdre Devlin! What's up, guys? I can, okay, I'm, I don't have to tell a story, right? No. Okay, good. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> I did not prepare for this the right way. Uh, Christiana, is that how you say your name? Yeah, okay, perfect. I was talking about uh, seasons in L.A., and I agree with you. I think there are seasons in L.A. There's four seasons. Petty, 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 and petty. <laughs> Thank you. I just made that one up. <laughs> um, are you guys doing your taxes yet? Right? Nice. One person. Everyone else is like, fuck it. Who knows? What are taxes? <laughs> I recently started looking at my receipts, and all of them are like, welcome to yogurt land. <laughs> is that a write-off? <laughs> no, I'm asking, is that a write-off? Okay. Good to know. What? You know, I like the way you think. It looks like they are write-offs then. <laughs> About to get a return. Anyways. Guys, I had a pretty big week. Um, I just found out that my childhood swim coach is a pedophile. Yeah. Well, I didn't just find out. Thank you. Gotta let that one sit for a second. Gotta let it marinate in the room. Made it weird. I love (laughs) I'm just kidding. I wasn't really molested. (laughs) Or was I? Only I really know. Thank you. Uh, I love shopping at Goodwill. Love shopping at Goodwill. Anyone else? Right? It's the best. I love shopping at Goodwill, but I always have to try on clothes before I buy them, and I never wear underwear. Smell what I'm cooking. Picking up what I'm putting down. Another one of those phrases. 
So uh, I was in Goodwill trying on these pants, and I had them, like, up to here. And again, I wasn't wearing underwear, so uh, I took off my right sock. And it was, like, a second-day sock. You know what I mean? It was moist. And I put it in between here just to, like, cover the honeypot. And uh, spoiler alert, I bought the pants. <laughs> pants cost $6. Monistat cost 20 <laughs> I still feel like it was a good deal. <laughs> I think it's bad to compare yourself to others, right? Because it just makes you feel bad no matter what. For example, my sister. She's really successful. She's a lieutenant in the Navy. She works for the Secretary of Defense at the Pentagon. And I? Well, one time I didn't put sheets on my bed for five months. <laughs> <laughs> She's always going on, like, top-secret missions that she, like, literally can't even tell me about. And I spend most of my time searching for toy poodles on Instagram. <laughs> she always has her uh, nails perfectly manicured because she's always about to get engaged. And, uh, yeah. And I, well, one time I, I got period blood underneath my fingernails, and I didn't wash it off for a few days. <laughs> So, we all have different talents, right? <laughs> tomato, tomato. <laughs> I think all this, like, sexual harassment and sexual assault stuff is hard for everyone, right? Because we all have, like, that one guy uh, that we look up to and we find out they're a scumbag and we're like, no, we like him, right? <laughs> okay. <laughs> it was just really quiet. And then, did you guys hear that the stage made a noise, too? Or was that just me? Oh, God, it was awkward. <laughs> it was like, Row! I can't do sound effects <laughs> with my mouth. Uh, <laughs> some people can. <laughs> Anyways, what was I saying? Oh, yeah, so it's hard for everyone. Like, my mom, like, for her, it was like Matt Lauer, right? She was really upset to find out that he's a scumbag. And uh, she's from Boston, and she called me, and she was like, oh, no, not Matt Lauer. <laughs> she was like, he's so charming. He's so good-looking. He's so charismatic." I was like, excuse me, what? She's like, he was like, fuck. She was like, he's so charismatic. I'm like, are you trying to say charismatic? Like, she's like, yeah, but I say charismatic. I'm like, I didn't know that was an option. <laughs> you know? She just says words wrong. You know, she says library, supposedly. Yeah. Like, if she calls tattoos, tattoos. Up until I was 19, I thought it was spelled T A C T O O. And as you can tell, I'm white as hell. English is our first language. <laughs> it's unacceptable. I don't have an end for this joke yet, but um, <laughs> thank you for bearing with me. But it's a new joke I'm working on, and uh, I was doing it last week, and some guy came up to me, and he was like, hey, I liked that charismatic joke, but you need to work on your delivery. And I was like, first of all, it's not delivery. It's DiGiorno. <laughs> Motherfucker. <laughs> Got him back. <laughs> guys I recently went on a date um, with this guy and he was like wow you're so smart and funny I was like thanks where's the pretty <laughs> where's the pretty <laughs> where's the pretty <laughs> ah! <laughs> we didn't go on another date I also don't, don't like when guys lie to you you know just to flatter you like this one guy was like wow D you're so pretty you look like Jennifer Lawrence I was like, yeah, if she was autistic. <laughs> Thank you. You can laugh. 
He's covering his mouth. He's like, oh. The rest of the crowd didn't like the joke. But you and me, we're together on that one. That joke is only meant to make one person laugh. Okay. What else do we have here? Um, I do a bunch of random jobs. Anyone else? Right? Sucks. I teach little kids how to swim. And uh, this little boy, Spencer, he's afraid to go underwater. So one day I just took him and I put him under. And when he came up, he was like, oh, I almost drowned. I'm like, you didn't almost drown, Spencer. You almost swam. (laughs) What a pessimist Spencer is, am I right? (laughs) Your lungs aren't half empty, Spencer. They're half full. Thank you. Got one single clap for that one. Do you guys want to hear uh, a new joke? Thank you. Actually, it's kind of like an old joke, but I haven't done it for so long that it's a new joke again. All right. Uh, fuck, hold on. <laughs> I, had to, I had to think about it for a second. Do you guys want to hear the story of... Uh, I just realized it's another question. See, it's, it's fucking awkward. Whatever. Do you guys want to hear the story of my scariest pregnancy scare? Thank you. It started off just like any other pregnancy scare. You know, full-blown panic. But then after a few days, I started to relax. And I was like, hmm, maybe this isn't so bad. Maybe this is the universe telling me that I'm ready. Oh, my God, I'm going to name her Sally. That's the scariest pregnancy scare, ladies and gentlemen, okay? When you actually want the child. (laughs) And if it hasn't happened to you yet, ladies, it will, okay? It's Mother Nature. You're like, what is happening? Why is it opposite day for my uterus? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I've had to take a lot of Plan B. Anyone else? Have you guys ever chased a plan B with another plan B? <laughs> and another plan B. <laughs> I don't take plan B anymore because the side effects are just too intense. Has anyone had really bad side effects? What happened to you? Oh, well, that's nothing. <laughs> the last time I took plan B, my period came out black. Yeah. I was scared. On the one hand, I felt like I was in a horror movie. But on the other hand, I was like, hmm, I guess it worked. (laughs) Thank you. This one's for the ladies. (laughs) Ladies, are you guys ever in the shower and you do a snot rocket and you're like, well, I guess I'm peeing now too. Just me. (laughs) I'm not saying that I'm a lonely person, but sometimes when I see a hot dad with his kids, I like to just walk near them so people think that we're a unit. (laughs) I'm a really dramatic person, and I also like old movies, so sometimes I like to just walk down the street screaming into my phone, it was an abortion, an abortion, Michael, (laughs) to absolutely no one. Thank you. Sometimes when I'm fucking guys and uh, I can tell they're about to come, I just say to myself in a Mortal Kombat voice, finish him. (laughs) And when he comes, I'm like, scorpion wins. (laughs) And when I want to go again, I'm like, get over here. (laughs) Sometimes when I'm fucking guys, don't worry, this is a different joke. (laughs) It starts the same way. Sometimes when I'm fucking guys, I just like to scream, where do you want me to come? (laughs) Just to confuse them. I'm Deirdre Devlin. Thanks, guys. Damn. I'm secretly that gross. That's good. I like that. Uh, 
I also, I too recently went on a date. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, despite reading Jezebel, I did go on a date. Um, a lot of articles there. Uh, the dangers of men, pegging for feminism, why Black Panther is the only emotional support you need in your life right now. That one's probably not a joke. Um, uh, I did decide to go on a date. We should definitely call dates what they actually are, which is fear interviews. <laughs> the terror. Just, just. Okay, resume looks good. <laughs> See here that you care about your mom and don't make fun of her with people except for your siblings. Good. Skills include genuine compassion for others and buying me things. Okay, I like it. Okay, yeah. Okay, mm, one question. Where do you see yourself in the next six hours? Um, I actually, I really, really liked the, really, really liked that date. Uh, I liked it so much, I actually went on another one with another person. Um, it was good, too. Um, but something happened. <laughs> Something happened, kind of, kind of great, kind of sucks. Uh, we started the night off at one place, went to went to a bar, and there was just this this guy. I did not want to talk about this. There's this guy, this barfly, sitting at the bar uh, with like yellow orange sunglasses on that were that clearly served like a functional purpose, um, not fun, not fun glasses. Uh, and he was, he was, he just started chatting us up for a while. It was kind of nice. We were having fun. Um, I was doing that thing where I was like, I'm not going to engage because I don't know if you're going to hit on me and just like make me hate my life for a second or not. Um, but I was being polite and he asked if, if we wanted to hear a joke. And I was like, yeah, Steve, uh, tell us a joke. Um, and he's like, what did one volcano say to the other? And I was like, excuse me, what did one boy volcano say to the woman volcanoes started off heteronormative so I was like I don't know if I'm gonna like this uh and then I kind of just like prepped myself um my butthole tightened and I got ready for what was sure to just be like a like a super sexist joke or something and he said do you love a me like I love a you (laughs) I was floored I was like what am I doing on a date with this guy Steve let's go You're the one for me. Oh, it was so sweet. And so we went back and forth just trading the dumbest jokes we could for a while. Uh, And then he looked at us and he was like, you know what? You guys are a great couple. And we're like, shit. Uh, And he's like, I think you guys are meant to be. And we looked at each other like, way too soon to tell at all. But uh, now we're married. So that's tight. (laughs) Um, because we had to. Um, I've started slowly growing to hate him over time. Just like a deep marital hatred. It's, it's profound and sexual um, in nature. Uh, this was yesterday. <laughs> um, so, I don't know. I, duh, I don't want to talk about guns tonight. Um, only because in terms of actual like impact that it's going to have on this crowd, it would be... About, as, about the same as just like me watching a boomerang of my own face over and over again. Um, I will say one thing. Uh, I do notice we haven't yet found, we haven't yet felt the need to find a non-gendered term for gunmen. <laughs> it's a changing world. When women join the workforce, 
Mailman became mail carrier. Fireman became firefighter. Anti-vaxxer became mommy blogger. (laughs) There is no gun attendant. It's not our fault. Just saying, I don't get why y'all are so violent. Like, just because you're sexualized or socialized or whatever. Like, you're violent because you're socialized to be. I don't know about you guys, but I would never do something just because I was socialized to. (laughs) Not once. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I'm trapped in this. Uh, (laughs) It's comedy time. Uh, yeah, so I'm sure you guys are ready for your next comic. This person has actually done, personally speaking, back when we were in a living room in a far, far away land called Little Armenia. Uh, put your hands together for someone who is now a father. Ify Mwadiwe, folks! Put your hands together! How is everyone doing tonight? Yes, it's, uh, it's tax season. I, I've, um... Every time I look at all those, like, stacks of W-2s I have, it looks like I'm getting ready to do, like, a one-man show. I'm just... (sighs) 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 Because, like, when you get all those W-2s back, you just look and you count up the money and you're like, when did I make this much money? (laughs) When the fuck... (laughs) this money into my pockets. Never. <laughs> it's true. I'm a father and a husband now. Um, it, it's it's aight. Uh, <laughs> it's very cool. Uh, you know, having, having a baby was wild. Mostly because you started uh, asking and answering questions that you never thought that you would ask or answer. Uh, <laughs> one night my wife came up to me when she was still pregnant. And she was like, yo, uh, if it's if it's a boy, would you want him to get circumcised? And I was like, yeah, off top. And she was like, why? <laughs> I was like, oh, I didn't know we were asking so many goddamn questions, you know? <laughs> and I'm trying to make some Totino's pizza rolls. And you're trying to get, have deep discussions about dicks, you know? But I thought about it because I wanted to give an answer, honest answer, and I figured it out. See, the reason I'd want my son to get circumcised is uh, because I want him to have the same dick as me, you know? <laughs> Because <laughs> it'd be weird, you know? Like, they, if you think about it, that's the only reason we're either circumcised or uncircumcised is because our dads wanted us to have the same dick as them. Because how weird would that be? If, you know, you're like, Dad, your dick is different than mine. He's like, yeah, son. Thought your dick should look different than mine. <laughs> Plus, he'd come up to me asking me questions about sex. And I'm like, sorry, son, I can't help you. You got a different dick than me. You got one of those greasy European dicks. I got an American dick, you know? Your dick plays football. My dick plays soccer. (laughs) Actually, my dick plays American football for the Washington Foreskins. We got to change the name, y'all. Both of them. We got to change the name. It's it's been too long. Also, you know, you just don't want your son walking around with more dick meat than you. That's just weird. (laughs) But I have a daughter, so it's not a problem. (laughs) (laughs) Problem solved itself. Uh, Thanks to the old (laughs) G-D. That one's for all my Jewish people in the audience. Uh, My wife is Jewish. 
I don't know much. The only thing I know is I get to dress up like Spider-Man for Burham. Uh, and that's all I need to know. <laughs> uh, that's all I really need to know. <laughs> but yeah, no, dude, you know we've been talking about dicks. Masculinity is, is weird. Weird as fuck, you know? Hella weird. How weird? So weird. <laughs> I was buying body wash the other day. You go down the women's section, you know, and they got all the dope smells, you know, champagne showers, empowered pomegranate, you know, (laughs) cucumber melon. You go to the men's side, we get campfire, sticks, horse nuts. Who decided that? Like, who was like, this is what men smell like? Like, I, don't, I just want to let y'all know this is how men gonna smell like from this point on. We gotta find a, a dirt oil, <laughs> put it on ourselves. That's what that's what we smell like. That's why I had to stop. I had to switch it up. I don't have to worry about that. I don't wear men's smells. I wear cocoa butter. I enjoy cocoa butter. It's good for your skin, and it confuses white people. Because <laughs> I just lathered myself with cocoa butter on, walk out of the house. Stand next to a white person, and the last thing a white person wants to do is ask a black person if they smell like chocolate. <laughs> it's like, what's good? <laughs> there was a theme, right? The theme was the power of pussy, right, Christiana? It's true. Yeah. Uh, so, so I have this weird story. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I have a power of pussy story. The power was within me. Uh, I had that power uh, at one point because uh, when I went to high school, my friend, uh, my friend, my best friend, his buddy that he hung out with uh, worked at a sex shop in Long Beach called the Lubery. Uh, and it was tight, you know, it was mad tight because uh, we go in there and he would look the other way and we'd just jack a whole bunch of pornos. And like, and like when I would come in, because it was like pretty much like a predominantly gay sex shop, so he was like, yeah, take all the, we don't sell those. You could take all of them. But DJ, you can only take one or we'll notice. And so I was like, shit, I get the best part. Uh, <laughs> and it was dope uh, because I, I would just take them, we'd, we'd come in. And I remember the only reason I stopped is because I told my other best friend, Welton, I was like, yo, I got this dope hookup. I got a homie. Uh, he works at the Lubery. And we can check as many, we could just take the pornos. And he, was, and, and he was like, do you bring them back? He was like, no. And he was like, that's stealing. And I was like, no, it's not. <laughs> He's like, no, that's by definition stealing. And that's when I like discovered the guilt of it. I was like, oh, been jacking. <laughs> Both ways. Uh, but there was one thing, I, the last thing I took before I, I had that like moral turn. We were walking in. My my friend DJ, he got real hyped. He was like, I'm a, I'm a jack of thong. And I was like, oh, we, we upgrading the merchandise? <laughs> He's like, hell yeah. And there was a uh, fake plastic vagina uh, that was there. And I was like, you know, I had to gas myself up. I didn't want it at first. I was like, oh, that's weird. But I was like, no, women have dildos. They, they get to keep those under their bed. I could have a pussy under my bed. It's no different. You know, I was real progressive. When it came to fucking fake pussies. Uh, <laughs> real progressive. And uh, so I told my buddy DJ, I was like, yo, can you take that for me? 
can you steal that? Uh, and he was like, I got you, fam. And I took it home. Um, and only used it once because it was hella weird and I threw it away. But then my mind started wandering. I was like, what if I got like a real doll? You know, what if I, what if I went down that role? You know, that's not as easy. You know, that's a two to $5,000 investment. I checked. And uh, <laughs> they weigh about like 50 plus pounds, you know? You can't, you can't just go, because, you know, it'll be good for a while, but then you want to go back to the dating life. So what you going to do? Put it in a closet. You put it in a closet, hop on Bumble, Tinder, find someone new. Things getting good. Go on a date. Date goes good. She wants to come back home. She's one of those ladies who like to take a shower before they fuck. I don't know what's up with that, but that's what she's into. So you're like, all right, cool. She's like, oh, do you have any towels? You're like, go in the closet, grab one. Opens the closet. Your real doll falls on her. Real lover's chloral right in front of you. Giant roof. <laughs> Shit's weird. Can't come back from that. Second option, try throwing it away. You got to drag that giant-ass body out your house. <laughs> You're not doing it in the day, so it's the middle of the night. Your landlord walks out and goes, hey, are you trying to dispose of a body? You're like, no, I'm just trying to find love, and so I got to throw away this real doll that I've been fucking for the past few months. You know what? Yes. (laughs) I'm trying to dispose of a body. I forgot the one main point of that Jack and Porno story, which is the fact that when I would check the pornos, I would, uh, I'd only need the DVDs. So I'd take the DVDs and I'd throw it into a bushes. And that's when it came full circle and I realized, oh, that's how pornos get in the bushes. <laughs> you may not realize this, but a lot of uh, young boys find pornos in bushes and then you share them, you rip them in half, and then you like put them under your bed and you jerk it to it. Um, like I said, masculinity is weird. <laughs> v weird. V weird. But I'm a very sex positive guy. Super sex positive. One time my wife, she wanted to, she, she pulled me aside and she was like, hey, you know, uh, uh, let's, she wanted to have a discussion about opening up our marriage. She was like, let's talk about what that'd be like. Because, you know, me and my wife, we like to have conversations that don't end in arguments. So... <laughs> So we thought we'd try that one out. And I fucked it up right away. Like it came up with my top five already where I was like, oh, your homegirl Kendra, like she'd be A1. She's already staring at me. Nope, not what she wanted to hear. You know, it's supposed to be hypothetical. We're supposed to use celebrities, not real people. <laughs> but in the end, we decided against it. Um, mostly because you'd have to like find sex parties. You know, that's the thing you do when you're swinging. You go to sex parties. And... It just wouldn't work for me because I'm not going to want to fuck somebody who just ate barbecue wings. But I'm not going to any party that doesn't have barbecue wings. (laughs) So I'm stuck, you know? It's like, I'm going to have to, what am I going to do? Thank you so much. I've been in Biwadiway. There's going to be a slight pause here as one of our performers asked us to cut their set so that they could have a nice, clean recording for distribution. So that you don't miss out on moments like these, consider seeing our live show. That's all I'm going to say about it. I think, in the best interest of, of all of you, uh, I'm just going to do, do a, a little quick something or other as soon as I remember whatever the fuck it was I was going to say. Uh, <laughs> and then we'll continue uh, moving this train from the proverbial station. Group of alligators. It's called a congregation. 
That's not a joke. That's just a thought. Give it up for your next comic, folks. Virginia Jones. Put your hands together. Uh, uh, I, I think I'm going to dare to do what others do not, and I'm going to do a story. Um, I mean, I have a list of stories, but probably you want to hear about the time I nearly got shot, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. So, uh, first of all, I do want to hope everybody's enjoying Daylight Savings Week. Um, my favorite thing about it is for the whole week, it feels too goddamn early to go to bed and too goddamn early to wake up, but lunch is right on time. Like, I'm never like, I couldn't, my body thinks it's 11. <laughs> it's fat girl magic. Um, so, uh, this is a story from uh, uh, a, a, a little while ago. Um, it was uh, the 1990s in Dallas, Texas. And um, I was in college and uh, doing a lot of drugs uh, and hanging out, doing a lot of raves. Um, you know, when this is like before raves had deteriorated to people in Kigurimi doing meth. Like this is when it was like real drug raves. Um, and uh, my, 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 my best friend and drug dealer was a, a, just a tiny little like Moby-sized person uh, named Special Keith uh, because <laughs> he was the only Special K dealer in Dallas, uh, Texas. Um, he had gone to NYU for one semester, just did drugs, came back, started a business. And um, so we were at the rave in like an industrial park in Dallas and the night was wearing on, you know. Um, there was, uh, the DJs were these British guys, the good vibe tribe. Uh, they always had shag haircuts. And um, a, uh, a friend of mine was, was whipping a model with her own wig. Like that's just the part of the night <laughs> Like, it had started thinking about maybe the sun was coming up and just gay men were just whipping. And she was like, yeah, yeah. She was just like in her underwear, like getting whipped with a wig. It was fine. It was a good, it was a good time. Uh, it was what she did. I'm going to take off my jacket. Because it's, it's sunny out on stage. Um, so years later, years later, the guy who was doing the wig whipping... I picked him up in a lift ride on the way to the airport. I'm like, honey, are you from Dallas, Texas? He's like, I am. I'm like, do you know Special Keith? He's like, oh, that was my first boyfriend. Anyway, I'm like, Andrew, I'd know you anyway, you queen. Um, so there was the wig, there was the good vibe tribe, there was the sun, there was the everything, and then uh, just me on acid, and then these two guys come up to Special Keith, and they said, uh, we want to do a deal with you. And uh, let's go around the corner. And Special Keith brought me. He's like, you can come with us. And I'm like, okay, what do I do? Um, I was supposed to be protection <laughs> or some sort of like chaperone, like drugs chaperone. And as it turns out, like I'm bad at it because I just stood there being on drugs and um, these guys are like, well, we want ketamine, but last time we got it, it was not good. And Keith was like, that's impossible. I'm the only special Kate dealer in Dallas, Texas. And, uh, and, then, they, they, and then suddenly we're, 
I don't know what happened. There was a gun. Like, they were talking about it. I'm like, oh, they're talking about that. And then there was a gun. I'm like, oh, there's a gun. And um, just all of a sudden. And uh, they were like, give us all your drugs. And um, his drugs were the cutest. I mean, we were very fashionable, um, like fanny pack. And... (laughs) And he was like, no. And like, we were so fucked up. Like his reaction, his honest to God, like you find out who you are in those moments. Like one time I got mugged and I just started yelling, get the fuck away from me. Who the fuck are you? I became a Kardashian. Like that's what I, that's my normal state. So Keith just grabs the gun and goes, you can't shoot me. I'm special Keith. Um, That was what, and then there was a noise, and it went bang. And then the men ran away. And then so me and Keith were on a street corner at maybe 5 in the morning, and he goes, honey, did you, um, did you get shot? <laughs> and I said, no. And I sw- it just went just like this. I go, no, no, no. No, no, I'm not shot. <laughs> now, honey, did you get shot? And he goes, no, 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 no. Yes, yes, I did. Yes, I've been shot. And I said, okay. So we walk him back down to where the DJs were. I go, now, Keith had, a, this is a time, children, before everybody you knew had a cell phone. Keith had a cell phone because he was a drugs dealer. I did not have a cell phone because I was an art student. Like, it literally didn't matter where I was at any time. Like, I never had to be anywhere, and no one ever needed me for anything. They're like, oh, what are your thoughts on Jeff Koons? Um, Let's pager. Um, So what I had to do, I left Keith. um, The Good Vibe Tribe, there was this girl with them who we did not like. And uh, she brought this little airplane pillow um, uh, and put it under his head and I went to call the ambulance um, and so I walked up to there was a Hooters and um, I dialed 911 and I said hey um, friend's been shot uh, there's no address because we're just in this I mean we're not supposed to be here and we know that but um, friend has been shot so if you can meet me at the top of the hill I'll walk you to where we are and the lady on the phone said uh you're calling me from a Hooters like she didn't believe my story and I'm like oh great if that means my friend hasn't been shot that'd be super but do need that ambulance um (laughs) could use it could do and so so uh, the ambulance comes, and I walk him down, and then they, they get Keith uh, into the ambulance, and then I pile in, and my friend Melissa, and then our other friend, and then Andrew, and the model, and then the girl from the Good Vibe Tribe, who do, we do not like, and I'm like, well. <laughs> and then suddenly the, the ambulance was a goddamn VIP room. I'm like, who the fuck invited her? <laughs> like, what the fuck does it matter? So the medic starts talking to Keith, and uh, the medic is like, listen, I don't care. I'm not, um, not here to arrest you. I just, to treat you, I need to know what drugs you're on. And so Keith starts this long rambling, just like grocery list. He's like, well, I did a little bit of Coke and a little bit of K, and then I had some cocktails, and then I think 
maybe some weed, who cares? And then some more K and some more Coke. And it's just, and the, the, and the medic's eyes are getting wider, and we're like, that's amazing. Um, <laughs> and actually, if you do get shot, um, not a bad idea to be on ketamine. Like, if you can plan ahead. I mean, it is a large animal tranquilizer, and, and Keith was just a small animal. So it was real good. And uh, so I gave the world's probably best police report. Um, and sidebar, this is how I know I can't have a bad trip. I can't. It's impossible. Because I saw my friend get shot on acid. I talked to the police on acid. And then we went to the fucking Dallas County Public Hospital on acid. And at no time did this bitch freak out. So it's like a resume. Thank you. Thank you so much. So I was talking to the police, and I know that my report was super helpful because I just kept saying, I don't know why anyone would shoot Keith. He's the bestest and the most wonderful and the most darling and the most delicious, and I just don't know why anybody would do it. And they were like, great. Uh, (laughs) I'll write that down. Um, I was such a dumbass postscript. This is after the... Then we'll come back. We'll circle back. We're going to do this, and we'll come back. Um... After he was shot, and he, you know, uh, uh, spoiler alert, he is still alive. And I like me and my roommate like took him. Like we thought that the mafia were after him or something. And so like we took him into our dorm, and like we were like taking care of him like he was a pet. And we're like, oh, we don't know who's out looking for you. They just wanted drugs and money. It was very simple. Um, so. <laughs> So then we're hanging out of the hospital, and then finally the good Vibe Tribe girl goes, where is he? And I'm like, he's in the emergency room, because it's an emergency. And, <laughs> and I think he's already on the table. And she goes, I need to get that pillow back. Like, Why the fuck are you here? I need to get that pillow back. There are 1,000 hits of acid sewn inside the pillow. Bitch, why didn't you tell me that? He could have put his head down on a jacket. So whatever, we never got the pillow. And then hours later... Uh, we're walking the halls, and I'm seeing just terrible things. And I'm walking the halls with my best friend, and a nurse sees us, and she says, your friend is out of surgery, and he did great, and you can go visit him now. And I was in a bad mood, and I told my friend, fucking how does she know who the fuck our friend is? She goes, well, honey, I'm wearing platform sneakers, and you have yarn in your hair. <laughs> like, people can tell. Like, they can tell. So... <laughs> Um, the doctor said it was a miracle. If he hadn't had platform shoes, you know, uh, it would have gone through his hip bone, uh, but it went right just through meat, just through a tiny bit of Keith meat, and then just through the other side, and everything was fine, and his parents came. I didn't even know he had parents. And, um, and they were so, they were so sweet and Texan, and his mother said, um, you know, Keith, you're the last one of our kids that I thought ever would be shot. And he said, oh, Mom, you said that when I got sold into white slavery. Uh, and that's the end. Thank you. Goodbye. I wish the music was still going. I wanted to dance for a while, but I always do. Don't start it. It's okay. Not for me. No, stop. Please. Um, uh, really, real quick. Uh, this is just, just a blip. Uh, something about this story reminded me. Uh, near the end of the of the more recent date that I went on, um, everything was going really well. We're connected very well. And then he, he pulls this on me. He says, um, he's like, 
sipping his cold beer, and he's like, you know, having not known you for very long, um, I think you would definitely be the kind of person who would really enjoy acid. With such sincerity. <laughs> uh, and I did one of these. I did a, oh yeah? Like all sexy and inside. I was like, I'm the kind of person who rotates the stuffed animals on her bed so that the other ones don't get lonely. <laughs> uh, no tea, no shade. Um, but it was just such a total misread. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I played it off cool. I played it off cool. I'm a cool date. Um, <laughs> so I've got some dope news for you guys. Our next comic isn't dead. <laughs> She's not dead, folks. Not yet, anyways. I'm going to kill her after this show. Uh, get on up here. Kaylee, quick, put your hands together. If I weren't dead, I mean, I, I'm not dead. Um, if I were going to die today, I would want that sexy Heather's bitch to kill me um, with a croquet mallet. Um, so, uh, where was I, is what you're all wondering. I was in San Francisco auditioning for a Crystal Geyser commercial, which is why I look like a mountain person wearing flats. And, um, yeah, I don't, I don't think the callback went well. So it was all for nothing. I was late to this show for nothing. But, um, I'm sure you're gonna go home and you're going to be like, Pam, was she really late? Or was she just like pulling a thing? Is it her character that she's always late to shows? Is she just the Andy Kaufman of being late? <laughs> I'm going to let you wonder. Um, who here... <clears throat> okay, I can't really see you guys, so just clap, I guess. Um, uh, who here is in their uh, 30s? Don't be ashamed. <laughs> You've lived so long. You remember Reagan. Um, how many of you have had a crush recently? And recently being in like last 10 years. Okay. Ooh, that's like everybody glad to hear everything's working. Um, cool. Or, you know, you have a brain crush. I am re recently uh, single newly single, and I have had a really hard time. I was in a long-term relationship, super long-term. It was a marriage. And um, I had a really hard time getting back into the dating scene, um, mainly because having a crush after you've been married is weird. It's like, I kind of like this person, but like also I shared a life with a person before, so this feels like you know, having Skittles after, like, a steak dinner. Um, so it's a little bit weird, but I think you really uh, get to feel what it's like to be young again, and um, you kind of get to explore those embarrassing moments, right, again, of having a crush. Like, you're at a bar, and your crush is nearby, and you're like looking at them and sipping out of a straw and then all of a sudden the drink just dribbles down onto your shirt, you know? And, or like you um, get out of a car, like a lift, and your backpack's open and like all your notebooks fall out and you look up and your, your crush is uh, uh, like cool and smoking a cigarette right there. Um, or, you know, you like wake up 
come to like lucidity, let's say, naked in your precious apartment building hallway. Yeah, this is relatable. I feel like everybody's gotten through this. Um, but you guys, maybe, maybe I need to give you more details so you can, I, you know, really identify with it. Um, okay, so here's what's happening. You go to, on a work trip, okay, and then you fly back before a blizzard hits the East Coast because you want to be in California for this party because your crush is going to be there, right? Yeah, and, and you're, like, nervous about flying, so you take some anti-anxiety medication. This is all sounding very relatable, I'm sure. And then uh, you're also going through maybe the hardest time you've ever experienced as an adult emotionally. And so you're just like, you know, I don't need dinner, but I do need drinks. And so you just start drinking on the plane, and you're like, everything's cool. I know how to measure my alcohol with anti-anxiety medication because you're, exper- you're, you're in your 30s. You're an adult. You're like, I pay my taxes. I change my oil. I know that when I have a glow stick crown, I need to stick it in the freezer for it to keep. Okay? So you're, you're like, I'm a responsible adult. I got this. Um, this is sounding... It sounds like you guys have experienced this. Okay, good. Okay, so we're all on the same page here. Um... Okay, so then you go to this party and you do shots with Eugene Merman. That guy, right? Relatable. Um, And, uh, you know, you're just like, yeah, bullet, comedy, everything's great. And you see your crush from across the room and you lock eyes and there's like this animal thing that takes over your loins and your heart and your brain and you look at him like, I'm going to eat you like the dinner I didn't eat. <laughs> and you throw back a couple more shots because you're hella nervous around your crush, right? Right, right, right? right? Am I right? Uh, yeah. So this is all sounding pretty cliche at this point. Um, then you stop remembering things. Um, and then you come to lucidity, completely naked, nude, uh, in your your crush's apartment building hallway, right? And you're like, I don't, I've never been here before. <laughs> this feels like a David Lynch movie. Um, cool. So I guess I just, I guess I just knock on doors now, um, because certainly he's one of these six apartments. So you start knocking on doors. And you're like, this door. Oh. Okay, it's clearly late at night, so these people are not answering the door. And you're kind of knocking, like, please open the door, but also, like, please don't open the door, because it's very, this is all very feminist. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And uh, so you just keep knocking on doors. You see a bunch of shoes. Okay, this is going to sound so familiar, you guys. You see a bunch of shoes piled outside a door, and you're like, oh, I got kicked out of an orgy because I broke the rules or something. I like, touched one too many willies at once. Um, and so you think, that's what's up. So you knock on this door and someone goes, go away. And you're like, yeah, I, I pissed somebody off in there probably. Um, and so you knock on the door again and they go, I'm calling the police. And you're like, 
that guy's not serious. He's going to, on the third try, he'll definitely open up and help me. Not go away, I'm calling the police. Okay, all right, cool, cool, cool. So you go and sit uh, naked on some stairs. <clears throat> yeah, you, this has happened to you, right? This is like a fucking Katherine Heigl movie. So cliche. Okay, so, um, and then these cops come up the stairs. Two SFPD officers. Uh, and you're like, hey, I <laughs> thank God you guys are here. And they're like, what are you doing here? Right? Yeah, that sounds familiar. Um, and uh, they're like, what's your name? What's your, what's this? Where are you from? Who were you with? All this stuff. And you're like, well, I was with my friend. And we ate each other like the dinner I didn't eat, probably. And um, I'm thinking this is a... It's a pretty fun time. So if we can just find my stuff, everything's going to be great. And I'm going to go tell all my girlfriends about how I banged my crush. Um, and uh, <laughs> they're looking at you like, whoa, 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 Turbo. Okay, give us your name. And, I, and you say, Kaylee Quick. <laughs> and they go, okay. And they phone it in their little walkie-talkie. And uh, they're like, sorry, we don't. Are you sure your name's Kaylee Quick? And you say, oh, yeah, I'm getting divorced. <laughs> so it's not my name. My name is Kaylee blank. And, um, and they're like, okay, this woman doesn't know her name. Uh, this is not good. And then I'm like, no, no, you don't understand. I'm trying to reclaim my name. You guys have all been here. Um, and then maybe, you know, maybe now's not the time for you to reclaim your name with your bush hanging out and in front of two cops, you know, whatever. Um, and then you go through the whole rigmarole and they're like, well, we could just drop you off at the hospital. They say that to you. And you're like, what am I? Some kind of unwanted baby? Uh, no. <laughs> and, uh, certainly they, they're trying to like scrimp out on their, their po policeman duties. Um, and so finally you, um, you're like, hey, you're the cops. First of all, can you give me a blanket? Because you've been naked this whole time. And then you say, right? Somebody said Jesus, so relatable. This person, this has happened to them. Um, and then uh, they're like, Ugh, fine. And so you go to the first apartment knock on the door, you got two cops with you, and your crush's roommate answers the door, and he's like, Kaylee, you didn't know you came home with your crush. Um, and you're like, yeah, can I see my, my crush? <laughs> and he's like, okay, right this way. Um, at, by this point, this is, um, say it with me, everybody, the cops have called the paramedics. Right? Yeah. Say, I, you guys said it with me. I, anyway. Um, and so uh, you're sitting in the living room with two cops. Your crush is like, what's going on? The crush's roommate's like, I was trying to fuck my girlfriend. And, uh, and there are two male paramedics. Uh, and they're all looking at you like, girl, you, no. Ra this is rape kit all over it. Written all over it. And you're like, no, no, I meant to fuck that guy. I really wanted to fuck that guy. It was all me. And uh, so it was super scary for everybody, right? 
Um, yeah, yeah, you guys know what I'm talking about. Um, and uh, so the, you have to like take your blood pressure twice, and the paramedics are like, you're coming with us. And you're like, no, I'm not. And the cops are like, you're coming with us. And I'm like, no, I'm not. And then everybody leaves, and the roommate goes back in his room, and it's just you and your crush, right? Just like in the bar. And you're looking at each other like... And you say... I'm just really sad I don't remember fucking you. And he takes your hand and you go, bang for four hours! You all know what I'm talking about! Right? Just a very stereotypical crush story. It's like when Harry met Sally. With that event. Anyway, that's, uh, that's my story. Thank you so much for waiting for me to tell it. I really appreciate it. And give it up for Christiana for putting it together. Such a great show. Oh, damn. Wow, what a queen. What a queen. Um, let's end on this. Let's keep it short, snappy, together. Um, a group of white men is also called uh, Congregation. Secondly, uh, thank you all so much for joining us. You guys have learned a lot. I feel like we've, um, we've lived, we've laughed. We've, um, we have loved. Um, Kaylee's story actually made me realize, uh, and I'm going to get this sappy, I think I maybe have a crush on comedy. Um, every time, like every time I do this show, I get so nervous and so anxious, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to go see her. Uh, it's, this show's clearly her. Um, <laughs> I often do a shot before leaving the house. I'm like, ooh, <laughs> jitters. Um, but it's true. It's really, really true. This is the love of my life. So let, well, thank you. Thank you very much for letting me do it. Uh, after party at Kibitz Room. Thank you, everybody, so much. See you next month. Dang, can't believe you made it to the end of the show. Can you believe that? For those of you who want a little bit more, you can follow us at It's Personal Now on Instagram. And yes, it is a private account. It's my real life. Ask me first. This show is edited by the extremely talented and handsome Robert Feldstead Jr., who is getting married this weekend. Oh my God. Congratulate that man if you know him. If you don't, what a gem. The show is recorded live every single month, except for the months that I get sad, at the open space on Fairfax Avenue in West Hollywood, Los Angeles, California. All of your performers are so excited to do this for you. Uh, Please thank them by following their work. Their handles have been posted in all the appropriate places. You can also find them tagged in my Instagram stories. Hope to see you guys next month. If you have any interest in submitting a theme or submitting a performer, submitting yourself, you let me know. Our email is personallyspeakingshow at gmail.com. Once again, I'm your host and humble servant, Christiana Morganroth. Thanks, guys.